Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. G'day and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Luke Martin and I'll be your host for today's episode. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania or TICT. TICT is the peak industry body for the tourism industry in the beautiful state of Tasmania. If you are a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back to this whole bunch of new episodes we've got to drop over the next few weeks. If you're a first-time listener and enjoy today's episode, remember there are now over 80 Talking Tourism conversations available to listen wherever you access your podcasts or you can simply stream directly off the TICT website, tict.com.au. But now let's get into today's conversation and I am joined with someone who Talking Tourism listeners would know well, Sam Denmead. G'day, Sam. Hello. Uh, now, you're usually on the other side of the mic, so this is me doing it, and I'm <laughs> sure you're going to um, point out um, all the suggested improvements of future episodes, but you'll be back hosting <laughs> before you know it. No, it's good. You're doing a great job. Thank you. All right. Okay. So, it is your baby, <laughs> the talking tourism, so let's uh, let's go with it. Um, now, the reason uh, we're talking is because uh, the we're sitting here and the Tasmanian government has announced a, another round of voucher schemes. Now, this is the Make Yourself at Home vouchers, $7.5 million. The details have not been announced yet, but we understand it's going to be a ballot for Tasmanians to access. The level of, uh, of the vouchers are probably going to be similar to last year, so around the $200 mark for accommodation, $100 for experiences. Um, they've got until the September school holidays to use them, so a very short, sharp blast to get that money out there. And what we're going to talk about is what some uh, particularly small uh, tourism businesses could do right now to maximise their share or likely share of that $7.5 million voucher market. Can we do that? In 20 minutes? Let's do it. All right. So, uh, let's split it up. We talked about this, doing this, and look at three individual perspectives of businesses. Uh, If you are a small hosted accommodation or self-contained accommodation business, a B&B or a a self-contained business on the east coast of Tasmania, and you want to get your share of vouchers, what would you suggest that they could do right now? So, well, the hard thing at the moment is we don't know whether there's going to be the requirement to tra- to not travel on weekends. So, without knowing that... I can... I can I'll, I'll summarise that one. Weekends are in play. I thought that might be the case. Yeah. Now, we've got to remember that people in Tasmania travel differently than other people. And if we kind of have to split it up into two kind of groups, one group will be weekend travellers and one group will be midweek travellers. And I think you need to treat them differently. Yeah. So, for example, if you've got a, a weekend um, option you want to offer, bear in mind you're dealing with, uh, let's, for example, say we're talking for someone on the East Coast, like you said, or any coast, any regional accommodation, you're dealing with people who are travelling from somewhere else. And if it's a Friday night they're arriving, could you consider offering a late check-in? Often people talk about late check-out, but people don't really think about late check-in. So, if you can consider that, 
and offer that as an option if you've got a small business. Some people don't need or like to be met on arrival. They just need to know that they're going to be allowed to check in late. And if you are able to facilitate that, what can you do to make that offer appealing? So if you were traveling somewhere and it was dark, got there late, wouldn't it be lovely for the lights to be on, the heater on, the fire going, maybe a wine and cheese platter on arrival to say, welcome, thanks for choosing us. Really simple thing you could do, which wouldn't cost a cent aside from the wine and not necessarily wine even, but cheese and biscuits, that would be a lovely way to arrive. A lot of people don't think about the arrival as much. They think more about the checkout. Um, Having a late checkout is also another lovely thing to offer, particularly if you've got people staying for the weekend, Friday and Saturday night, and to offer a late checkout Sunday um, would also be something to consider. Again, a free thing for you. So those two things um, I would really look at, how you could tap into that. The other thing is knowing your target market. So one example would be, do you target kids and families? And if so, what is so appealing about your property that I would want to bring my family to? Do you have games? Do you have play equipment? Do you have facilities like bikes and kayaks if you live on the coast? Just stuff that would make it appealing for me to bring my family there. So the key thing, school holidays are out. So if you are a family product, it is going to be the weekends, isn't it? So what is your weekend family offer that makes you stand out from the others? And then families don't necessarily want to go away for one night. They want to go away for two and wake up in the same place and relax twice. So there's that that kind of late check-in thing. So if I was taking my family, I wouldn't get there until like seven, eight o'clock at night. And a lot of people that make that sound like they put people off from doing that. But if you can actually be welcoming to that option, then that could could entice the family market for the weekend. What about the notion for the accommodation guys, particularly of something like a three for two night deal or a, you know, stay the extra night, you get a significant further discount. So you're really, you know, standing out that you can really leverage your voucher. Look, I always think they're good ideas, but, you know, um, stay three, pay for two. They're great, but there's a limited market for that in Tassie um, because Tassie is Tassie. We travel differently. I think um, that that's the midweek market that might be an option too, though. So do consider that uh, if you can package it up. There might be more you can do with packaging. There might be some collaboration you could do with uh, particularly if you are quite regional or quite isolated. Um, what could you do to make it more enticing? to have people stay that extra extra night. I don't know whether it's free entry to an attraction nearby or something that you could have in your accommodation, like a bottle of wine or something to make it more, more appealing. So trying to get people to stay that extra night can be tricky, but try to think of things outside the square a bit that makes your uh, you know your your place even that much more appealing. So and and without putting too generalization on it, but when you say the two markets, so if we we're assuming our probably our weekends are for your families or your professional couples um, who, you know, seize the voucher and the ballot and off they go and they're going to do their, you know, their one token weekend. The midweek yep. markets, you know, without being too generalistic, probably older people, um, possibly people have more, you know, more flexibility in their lives, perhaps aren't working. Well, that's, that's, that's true. There is another market that I don't see people tapping into, which is the work away from home market. We've still got a lot of people who are working from home. Could you not offer this amazing few days away with great Wi-Fi for someone to just have a holiday while they're still working? Yeah. 
So yeah. there's an option to do that too. Decamp onto the East Coast for a couple of days. Uh, exactly. And still be connected. All right. That, exactly. So that's our accommodation, guys. Now, one of the groups that I'm particularly conscious of and mindful of, uh, particularly around this industry's support, because they are the operators who have probably done the toughest more than anyone else, is the small tour operators and the small um, hosted tour operators. Um, mm. And I know, you know a lot of them dip their toe into this. A lot of these businesses are geared almost for international visitors. So we're asking them not just to go down yep. to interstate, they're actually now talking about locals. What yep. could someone who's you know, you know, got a successful small hosted transport business or a small hosted tour business po- possibly do to package up a product? This is a really tricky one. And having been a small tour operator once before in my life, I can speak with experience that it is a bit tricky and I feel for these people to pivot so quickly. So I guess the question is, you've got two options here. One is to to pivot and you know create a new experience, maybe one or two new experiences that Tasmania people might like. And the other is to not offer anything, work on your business and wait until borders open up. So let, we'll deal with the people who are prepared to create something new or maybe adjust what they've got. Now we're dealing specifically with the Tasmanian market here. So we don't have you know, a lot of people who are looking for that guided experience. But those that are, why would they want a guided experience? Uh-huh. Is it because they can't drive themselves or is it because they want to go with a group of people? So who, who is this group of people? Is it a group of like-minded friends? Um, what, what's the reason? Can you create an experience that really targets groups of, of like-minded people? So it could be a, a girlfriend's weekend or, yep. you know, day at the spa. You know, you might have a group a group offering taking people up to Barn Boogle. You know, just think about what Tasmanians would like to do together and offer that that opportunity for you, you know, you to make it happen for them. So you're going to get a lot of a lot of people who are going to access their experience vouchers. What we saw last year was a lot of people weren't 100% certain about what they could use their experience vouchers for. Um, you know, people assumed attractions, but you know, some some of the obvious attractions people Tasmanians are familiar with are perhaps not appealing to them. You know, stuff focused for young kids and families, perhaps rather than, and that's not for them. So that's the. That's the market, isn't it? That's the people. And I think it's a case for all the all the businesses to to just acknowledge the fact that on their website or their promotional material, you can use your voucher yeah. with this experience. It's yeah. as simple as that, that. That quick reminder. But then, then the notion of doing the hosted, you know, again weekend visiting a few wineries on a Sunday, where you can perhaps not claim the winery, the wine at the wine centre, but you can get your full, effectively get your full transport covered by someone doing yep. a day day experience in the Coal Valley or the Tamar Valley or, or wherever. Yeah, so if I was an operator at the moment, I would have a look around, do a bit of a competitor analysis and see where the gaps are. Like you wouldn't want to try to tap into an existing market that's well covered by, by several other tour operators. You'd want to try to find something that no one else is doing. So if you can find something, then absolutely go for it. Okay, all right. And then the third segment, third market we're conscious of, are those vineyards, uh, cheese producers, uh, small food-based experiences. Now, it's likely F&B won't be included under this scheme. There might be something else for them, so you can't just take off the ticket off your your lunch, but uh, it's likely food-based experiences will be accessible or wine-based experiences. So we're talking about tastings or cheese tours or whatever. Um, What do you think there? That's a value proposition for Tasmanians to get a special deal, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious to see what the detail is in the voucher scheme because the, de- the the devil's in the detail. There is opportunity to sell retail, though, from my understanding. Is that true? Uh, I think this is the, the fine print. Uh, 
Yeah. To a degree, but certainly not. I think alcohol will be ruled out. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. You might be able to use it because it's such a challenge around defining between a cellar door experience and a bottle shop. Well, in that case, if I was a vineyard or a cellar door, I'd be reaching out to collaborate with other people to to join in with them to get the business to come to them. Um, it's a difficult one without knowing the detail, though. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd try to find things, though, that, that, that people can easily go, oh, $50 towards that, that's a, a good option for me. Yeah. So I think, but you know, the notionally something like a wine tasting where you get to try five wines or a whiskey or gin experience with us. Yes, know, some food, turn that's your in. product into an experience, yeah, exactly. That's a test, so if you don't so. already, which would be crazy, but there are some people, of course, there are people who don't offer an experience. Maybe you could create um, a, a Tasmanian-only type exclusive opportunity that people you know, only Tasmanians can tap, can tap into sort of thing, make okay. it really appealing. All right. So there's some really good ideas for different segments of the market, marketing them. Um, yep. Again, we don't have long. Businesses yep. don't have a lot of money at the moment to splash around for expensive ads. Uh, what are the no-brainers in terms of tapping easy. into? Okay. A lot of it's online stuff um, because that's quick and easy and that's exactly where people are going for their information, often on their mobile. So the first thing to do is make sure you are – consistent across all the channels. So Google doesn't like it when it finds that your website doesn't say the same thing as your Google My Business listing as your social media. So go go to all your channels and make sure all your details, your opening hours are across the board the same. Make sure you check your Google My, My Business listing, make sure that your business hours are all correct. Um, same with social media. It would also be smart to make a Facebook post, perhaps, if you have a Facebook page that uh, has like a nice image of you saying open um, and what hours and pin and, that to the top of your page. use your voucher, open, plus we are, yes. you know, think of us yes. when you use your voucher or in the case <laughs> yep. of an experience or a tour, you can yep. use your voucher with me on this product. Yep. You know, ran, you know, make sure you're not just promoting that you're open for business, but we have exactly. a proposition for your voucher if you're sitting there scrolling your phone trying to work out how to use it. Exactly. And the same goes with your website. So make sure your website is clear that you're up to date that, and that you are open during this voucher period and please you know, consider us to use your voucher type thing. So if you can't update your website, make sure you get your webmaster person to make those updates for you and that they and check that they're all correct. Um, just to make sure everything's everything's consistent across all your channels, including your ATDW listing, which is yeah. also super important. All right. So update your, your channels, uh, update your website, get a great image of a great proposition for social media that explains your, your, your ad. Often I see small accommodation businesses in particular that have a Facebook presence that isn't updated and maintained quite at the level you'd expect and perhaps don't have quite a high following. Yet the operator has a massive following and is regularly <laughs> updating their own personal um, accounts. And <laughs> so, there's, A, there's nothing wrong about, you know, resharing. If you're running a business, think about all your networks, family, friends, get the message out. Again, get as many Tasmanians to see your voucher product offer as you can. Don't just That's assume true. and limit it to your to your your business uh, Facebook page, which, um, as I say, might not quite be as followed or as uh, heavily activated as some of your staff, friends, family, and your own. Absolutely, and you can you can run a competition too, which would make your post more appealing to people to share as well. So, tap into that sort of opportunity. Past guests. Particularly um, for the accommodation businesses. Yes, past guests. Ideally, everyone's got an email database. Let's hope they do. Um, definitely 
sh- uh, send out an email to your to your database saying we're open during this period and please come use a voucher. So again, same sort of message, but just using it through a different channel. Okay. All right. Well, let's um, that's that segment of businesses. Let's just change foot. Um, well, I've got you and got your marketing brain on uh, with SME businesses. There were there are and unashamedly there are some businesses that are having a break right now and um, yeah. and perhaps see the uh, the latest disruption as an opportunity to have that traditional winter break and and you know down tool their business or indeed they are seasonal uh, nature tourism businesses that, that aren't operating now. Um, I interviewed John Fitzgerald um, earlier today and we'll go live with this one from Tourism Tasmania and he concurs with what we believe, which is that we're in um, on track to have a very strong domestic summer. If you are taking time out at the moment and you're spending some time in your business or indeed you're just not getting the vouchers uh, but you want to do something right to make sure you get your pie of that inevitable domestic market, what are the fundamental two or three things every small tourism business must be doing with their marketing or business product listing um, in preparation for the summer months to come? Sure. Well, the first thing I would say is what I've already said, which is check your your channels, your website is up to date, your socials are up to date. That's the most important thing, ATW, get it all up to date. Um, opportunity now to take some new photographs. Everything should be fresh and reflect exactly what your business is. So if you can, you can find yourself a photographer, do that. Uh, I will say something a bit uh, different this time. I would suggest that people give themselves the opportunity for a bit of a, a mental health break. And why don't you tap into the voucher system and get out and see some of Tasmania, have a chat to some of your fellow tour companies or accommodation operators and have a, you know, sit down and, and actually have a little chat with them and see how they do things. And maybe you could learn while you're having a break. So that would be a good opportunity to do that too. Um, and the other thing, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say um, a bit of familiarisation with uh, other yep. products that you admire, and um, yep. if you can, and, and again, don't just think about vouchers. You know, most businesses are a, very keen for the work, the business at the moment, but also they're very keen to to do the right thing by their co- industry colleagues. So it's nothing wrong about ringing up a a fellow operator in a different part of the state and say, I wouldn't mind coming up and checking out your product and, um, you know, look after me, please, with um, a rate. I'd, I'd find most yep. businesses would be very receptive to, to doing the right thing. So, good idea. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and then I guess the other thing is just make sure that your promotional material is up to date and current too. So, if you're thinking about doing a, a new flyer, um, make sure you have all your, your new photography and check everything's everything's up to date and even deliver it by hand around to the visitor centres and to your fellow uh, tourism operators and explain what your business is if you haven't already taken the chance to familiarise yourself with each other. Yeah, Face-to-face is always a good thing. All right. Look, Sam, thank you. Um, quick fire. Hopes everyone listening um, has got something out of that. And as I say, don't, don't um, dwindle your um, – don't wait – waste any time getting on top of these things because the vouchers will hit, they'll be hitting hard and there'll be a segment of the market that will be uh, making bookings almost immediately once they get them in their, their hands or even looking at options before. So um, again, if you're listening to this over the next few days um, and you think you heard some little pearls of wisdom from Sam, um, by all means, please implement them. Um, now, Sam, before I let you go, uh, the seven big Tassie talking tourism questions. You ready for them? Yes, and I'm sure I'm going to regret some of my answers after this, but I'll do my best. Well, a couple of them are a little political for those of us in uh, this industry-wide level, including the first one, your favourite spot <laughs> in Tasmania and why, and be very careful about how, how you uh, manage to uh, 
not uh, <laughs> upset any of your other multitude of destinations you work with across well, the state. It's hard because the thing about Tassie is it's so varied and there's so many good things. However, in settling on one, I would say anywhere in the northeast is my top favourite place. So anything from Flinders Island to Bay of Fires, anything with a beach and the lichen-covered rocks and some sand and some water, I would be happy spending many days gazing out at the view. Uh, bike trails. Well, I didn't talk about bike trails because that's my second thing. If I'm allowed to have two, right. I would go mountain biking. Okay, right. <laughs> so anything northeast. So, all right, beautiful. Uh, favorite travel destination anywhere in the world? Favorite place you've been to? Well, I don't like to retrace my steps. I would like to go somewhere new. And I have been watching the Olympics and I've always wanted to go to Japan yeah. and now I want to go there even more. Does look pretty awesome, though, some of that footage yeah. of uh, the city and, the, and Fuji in the backdrop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Someone coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their lives asks you what's the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here. What do you tell them? Uh, aside from my first answer, which is going anywhere in the northeast, my second answer to that is um, a plane trip over Bathurst Harbour is yeah. one thing I would say. If you were going to splurge, do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so picking on that wilderness theme, uh, you're walking the overland track. Have you done the overland? You've done the overland. I haven't done it for years. You haven't done it for years. You've done it though. Uh, yes. You know, um, who would you most want to walk it next time with? Three people, anyone in the world, famous, not famous, living or dead, who and why? <laughs> Okay. Um, definitely one of those spots would have to be taken up by my husband. Uh, the, se <laughs> the second spot, <laughs> he won't even listen to this, but I'm still doing the right thing by yeah, that. Absolutely. Uh, the second person would be someone who can cook because I'm terrible at cooking. So I would invite Miguel because yeah. he's both funny and a good cook. Wow. He'd and... get, wouldn't, wouldn't get a little tiring after a few days of Miguel and his humour? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I will just walk right. 100 metres ahead of him okay. <laughs> throughout the day. Um, and the third person would be a comedian at night too because I like to have a bit of light relief. Um, but I also like a bit of politics talk and so that would be Will Anderson because I think he's oh, quite yeah. clever and funny. Yeah, no, that would be a, that would be a great little uh, group. Um, <laughs> well fed, well entertained and manage the, uh, exactly. the, 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 mar the marital. And Simon can carry my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you're road tripping around northeast Tasmania right now. What are you listening to? Any particular recommendation? Music, podcast? So yesterday when I came back from the East Coast, I listened to the Chaser um, project, which was really interesting because they just take the Mickey out of everything. Yep. Um, if my kids were in the car, I wouldn't have a choice. I'd be listening to their favourite music on Spotify. Yeah, good call. <laughs> And when you arrive home after driving from the east coast or the northeast with your kids in the back, uh, and you need that tipple of Tasmanian uh, uh, finest, what would it be? Um, I'm a wine lover, um, so if it's a cold day, I would be cracking open a whole oak cab sav. Oh, yes. If it's a nice warm day, um, which they're coming, I would be settling into a Milton Pinot oh, Rosé. Yes, oh, yes, no, well, um, both <laughs> good choices, right? And the last big one, the big debate, the one we're getting—it's uh, running around fifty-fifty, I think, at the moment across the board. Uh, curried Tasmanian scallops, a culinary uh, delight or a culinary crime? If you took the first word off, then absolutely a culinary delight. So get rid of the curry. And focus on the scallop and you've got a winner. Yes. Yes. So you're, you're in the lathering, outstanding, remarkably wonderful Tasmanian scallops in curry powder, not the best use of uh, No, no curry powder, just the, the scallop pie. My brother from Melbourne comes down to Tasmania to have scallop pies and takes them home. Yeah, iconic. Although, if you've never been to King Island, here's a hot tip. Go to King Island and get yourself a, uh, a, a crayfish pie. 
the fifteen dollars of the best money you'll ever spend. Crayfish pie. That almost so makes you good. want to fly to King Island <laughs> for lunch. All right, Sam Denmey, thank you for being part of this podcast. I know you're doing a bit of mentoring with some operators um, <laughs> around this this very topic we're discussing. Um, uh, Sam Denmead, uh, Green Hat Tourism, does a lot of things for TLCT, as she does across <laughs> the board for a number of um, industry stakeholders. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, you've been listening to Talking Tourism. Uh, remember, there are over 80 episodes to listen to on stream online. Uh, Talking Tourism is an a initiative of TICT with production from Mac40 Media. And we'll be back again shortly with a bunch of fresh new episodes. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.